like if you were Jenny yeah. and you were dating somebody, mm-hmm. you're not married to the person, you're just dating them, and you have an opportunity to bang at Keanu Reeves, <laughs> do you pull a Jenny and you say, you know what? I'm going to hang out here for a minute. See what happens. I think they're only dating for like six months. And I mean, really, you can tell it's just not going to work. You can e- you can already even say that Listen Marcus, to her justifying Marcus this behavior. is, is going to uh, probably break up with her. And I mean, I don't know if she's reading the tea leaves or not, but... Um, wow. Okay. Politician Sarah the is back. thought would cross my mind. Oh, my God. <laughs> would it cross yours if it were like Emma Stone? If it was Emma Stone? We're only dating for six months? Sure. That's kind of why I would, I, would, I would really consider it. I know? love how I, I just blurted it out, of course. But you're like, well. Well, you know, <laughs> who's reading the tea leaves here, guys? Like, what's happening with this relationship? Because you can't go back. You can't go back. <laughs> oh, You know she's staying. You are too funny. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And if you have found us here, you probably love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, Maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Before we get into it, um, before we get into this episode, if you are listening on Spotify, please follow us, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and we love reading reviews on Apple Podcasts. Like we got one this week from Nitno71, said, I just started listening and I love it. I could listen to Devin and Sarah all day talk about anything. Lol, they have great chemistry and have actually laughed out loud several times already. Keep it up, guys. Thank you so much. And as well, our Instagram is at Romcom Rewinds. Yeah, so we also love getting comments on our posts for Instagram. Uh, from Sylvia Tudhope. Aw, you two are so cute. For the longest time, my friends and I could not figure out if you two were roommates or a couple. My God, the info you guys share about past relationships. Hashtag couple goals. Hashtag no secrets. Uh, I consider Sarah to be a uh, roommate. Um, <laughs> we're getting married later this year, so... The uh, the thing I find most <laughs> so shocking about that. that is that she she said that she chatted with her friends about this. That's so cool. The fact that people, more than one person, have conversations about us. That's amazing. That's awesome. I did not expect that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) This week we have... Always Always Be My Maybe. maybe. It's a 2019 Netflix rom-com directed by Nanachka Khan. This is the story of Sasha Tran, played by Ali Wong, and her childhood best friend Marcus Kim, played by Randall Park. So Sasha and Marcus are the bestest friends. Growing up in San Francisco, Sasha spends tons of time at his house, learns her love for cooking from Marcus's mom, they're besties until high school. I think it's probably senior year when Marcus's mom, unfortunately, passes away. And Sasha and Marcus have a massive falling out. So then 16 years go by. Sasha Tran has become a celebrity chef. She's engaged to this guy, Brandon Cho, a restaurateur. Oh. I'm surprised you two lost touch. You used to be so close. So, when's the big wedding day? He wants to travel a bit before we settle down. It's really for the both of us. I finally realized that I don't want to get married. Uh, Sasha's opening new restaurants in Los Angeles, San Francisco, back in her hometown, and New York City. And while she's back in San Fran, Marcus and his father end up showing up. Marcus is still living with his dad. He works with his dad for heating and ventilation. It's been kind of like smoking weed every day. He still has his band. The last 16 years have kind of passed Marcus by. But then with the entrance of Sasha coming back... I guess I have to start dating again. Ugh. Is there anything worse? You and Marcus are so cute. Mm. Oh, oh. 
Remind me why you never got together? There's way too much history there. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so sparks begin to fly. And this movie has a lot of twists and turns that I don't really want to spoil off the top. So that's that's how we're going to lead this in. What are your first thoughts? Right off the bat, I love how they go through their past and they give a background to the relationship growing up and how they are best friends. I love the flashbacks. It really sets the scene for the entire movie. A lot of times they're not friends to begin with and then mm. they kind of meet like the meet cute, right? There's really no meet cute here because they grow up together. I really like how they give a good background and a backstory to to the movie. I love that. I love when movies do that. Yeah. I, I thought the storytelling in this movie was extremely real. Like the characters we meet, except for maybe Keanu Reeves. Aside from him, <laughs> they're all very grounded. Uh, even <laughs> Sasha, who's like a celebrity chef. We all know, I think we all know a person like her, a person who's like singularly focused on their career. Driven. Yeah, driven. Passionate. And they're very successful. Yeah. But maybe there's a lot of uh, hurt behind the scenes that we don't really know about. You know, then we have Marcus, whose mother unfortunately passed away, and he feels the need to be there for his father, and he kind of, you know, lets the world pass him by for like a decade. And even people like like Veronica and Brandon and Sasha's parents, they all have these relatable quirks where you, where you say, like, well, Brandon's a pretty big D-bag, but, but I definitely know a few huge, hugely successful dudes who break up with a woman like that where he, like, magically convinces them, <laughs> like, oh, we're taking some time off and we're going to sleep with other people, but it's just it's just to solidify the relationship, baby. It's Inception. Like, yeah. they're really, really good at Inception. <laughs> and making as, it seem like it's your idea. Yeah, and as extravagant as Brandon's character seems to be, it's like, ah, I'm I know, like, a toned-down version of that guy, for sure. As well, I mean, the the comedy in this mo movie is perfect. Mm -hmm. It's going to be perfect because it's Ali Wong, and oh, she yeah. is great. But I thought the storytelling was a piece that I didn't know if it was going to be there or not. And that's where this movie really, really shines, in my opinion. All of these characters are just so relatable. I think the plot in some movies just is lackluster, and I think it's kind of... It's really well done in this movie. Yeah. I love that this movie has a strong cultural aspect to it and that yes. it's woven in throughout the script and it really makes the movie, um, you know, subtle things that you don't catch right away and then you, you think about after or they tie it in later and you're just like, oh, oh, that's, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah. There are so few movies like this. I mean, we even yeah. did a quick uh, run through of our previous episodes mm -hmm. and um, there, there just isn't a lot of diversity in romantic comedies. I think we can all agree on that. It's vibrant. Yeah, and it's different. It's, it's conversations we don't often happen. You know, I think about, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, the scene where they're at that restaurant back in San Francisco, and Sasha's like, I haven't been here in like 16 years, and nothing's changed, and Marcus is like, oh my God, I come here all the time for Chinese food. And he reveals that he learned Cantonese because he gets better service there, and you realize <laughs> if you've been paying attention, well, his mom's Korean, so he probably knows Korean, and she probably knows Mandarin, so coming together, he would have to learn Cantonese. Cantonese and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's these tiny conversations that that don't happen in other movies that they were they were able to dive into in this one because of the diversity yeah and and they make light of a light of a lot of of things throughout the movie and it's it's just really well done yeah it was really well written um and i mean it, like you said i expect nothing less from randall park and ali wong oh yeah randall park he's gonna be an amazing actor he's gonna have great delivery ali wong though very shocking like i it's similar to like an Amy Schumer or anybody who does stand up, I think, ooh, like, 
can they pull off an acting role where like you are you're the scripted, star and you're scripted pretty right. well. Uh, she did amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it was great to see diversity as the lead roles, diversity as the entire cast. Um, and and I just I really liked that. Netflix has been throwing a lot of money towards rom coms um, in the past few years, and I think they've been able to come through with some really great additions to the rom com world. You know that includes Tall the Boys I've loved before, um, Always Be My Maybe, Set It Up, which is what we're doing in a few in a few weeks. Um, you don't like that movie, but I thought it was pretty good. There's um, a new one with Emma Roberts that a lot of people were talking about. It came out a few months ago. Oh yes, Holiday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We should get on that as well. There's there's been some um, money invested in rom-coms in netflix and they almost resurrected rom-coms because they went away and i mean we've talked about this before but netflix was kind of the the jumping off point for the resurgence of rom-coms yeah they they revitalized it there's there's really like a nine-year span Mm -hmm. where they didn't totally go away but it's like we we weren't making yeah we weren't making romantic comedies the way we were before so the story starts with, I don't know, were they like late in elementary school or early in middle school? They hang out all the time. They live next door to each other. Sasha's parents are always at the store. So she just kind of hangs out with Marx's family constantly. His mother teaches her how to cook. And that's an important thing yep. that continues through the movie. It kind of mm-hmm. drives us. And we get this really ti- nice time-lapse montage of them growing up together. It's, uh, it's a way of, of kind of centering, hey, there, there is a lot of love here in these relationships. Likely between Marcus and Sasha, but also Sasha and his family, which is really, really cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Um, At one point, he, in the flashback, um, he teaches her how to fish, which is hilarious in itself because really, that is what fishing (laughs) is. You put a worm on your hook, you cast your rod, you reel it in a little bit, and then you wait. And then you just let let it go. No, no. And then you just like put it up there. And then, yeah, and then that's it. And And then that's it. You're fishing. This is fishing? This is fishing. Nippon. That is fishing. So I think, like you said, I think they're at the point um, where they're seniors in high school, and they end up hooking up in the back of his car shortly after Marcus's mom's funeral. <laughs> yeah. The moment after they have sex, Sasha points out that his car smells like Parmesan cheese, and he replies... Yeah, so funny. Marcus, your car smells like Parmesan. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's Parmesan, all I thought of was stinky, warm cheese. Ooh, yeah. So gross. What is the grossest thing you've left in your car? Because I know that there is a whole bunch of shit in there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I think you all know somebody like this whose car is just... Um, it's like a Pandora's box. Every oh time God. you open it up, it's, it's like, wow, there's something different gross. in there. I, I vividly remember being in Ottawa with some of my old high school friends, and we were driving in two separate vehicles. Yeah, because nobody else could fit in your car because you had too much <laughs> shit in there. And and my one friend was like, ah, they're right there. I wish we could throw something at them. And I turned around and I was like, oh, man, I've got water guns in this car. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, we don't have water. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure there's a water bottle somewhere. Sure enough, there was not oh only God. water guns, but also like a full water bottle in my vehicle that we used to um, shoot other people with water. Like downtown Ottawa. That's I'm sure. all hilarious we, we, and very We probably dangerous. could have gotten... Uh, is that illegal? Yes, it, it is illegal. Is illegal. <laughs> For sure. But I mean, r- I-, I can say right this moment, this is embarrassing. <laughs> um, I enjoy golfing in the summer, and I have a bad habit of uh, purchasing more beer than I can drink mm. while golfing, because uh, I want to be able to drive home. 
So I'm like, ooh, you know, <laughs> I should. That's I, a good thing. I should, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I should probably stop. So now I got I got an extra beer or two, and um, they've been in my car since the summer. So I can tell you Ugh. factually, there is at least one beer that exploded in oh, my trunk no. this winter, and I just haven't gotten around to. Because I don't want to deal with the mess. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't think that's as gross as stinky warm cheese. Like, I think the stinky warm <laughs> cheese might top no, the beer. No, the difference is, though, is that Marcus in that scene is like 17 and I'm a 30-year-old <laughs> man. <laughs> that's true. Okay. When you put it that way, yes, that beats the stinky warm cheese. I should be better than this. You should be. But I'm yeah, not. Yeah. We'll work on it. <laughs> like, like that water gun fight, I was probably like 27. Like, I'm too old to be doing this. <laughs> that'll be that'll be like a spring rejuvenation yeah. cleaning type thing. They have Weird some timing. classic good old uh, high school car, car six. Yeah. Where'd you get that condom? Oh, um, seventh grade. Oh. <laughs> who, who taught you how to put it on? This lady came to our school, taught us like sex ed for a day, and she put it on a banana. Oh. Did you practice at home with bananas? No, I didn't need a banana at home. Is there ever a way to do car um, relations properly? I mean, I think if you could flip down your seats, like if you had an SUV or something. But like when you're yeah, when you're nobody at that, in high school has an SUV. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say when you're at that point, though. I think you usually have like a pretty small car. Like if you have a four door car, that's exciting, you know. <laughs> As Devin says, he only has a two door car. I, now I only have a two door <laughs> car in high school. I had a four door, but still, it's like it's not. There's just not enough space to do anything. Well, I think the way they did it, like lying on the seat in the back, is probably the best way. Or you could flip back the seat, the front seat. Okay, I never did that. I was just full back seat. I never did anything with the front seat. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, no front seats, but I'm just saying as an option, you know. But like um, you're saying, they flip back the front seats so yes. there's more space. Yeah, mm. is but that what you did? No, uh, the back <laughs> seat. <laughs> Maybe like prop open a door so you have a little bit more space. The goal is to make it work, right? So like you right you make at that it happen. point, you're gonna do whatever you can to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, just never comfortable. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it is not comfortable. So after said car sex, they end up going to Burger King. Um. And they end up getting in line and they had a massive fight. This is the point where they stop talking for 16 years. That's the split right there. They don't talk again after this point for 16 years. They kind of go their separate ways. Sasha ends up becoming a successful chef, like you said. And Marcus is kind of just stagnant. Yeah. Nothing really happens with him. He lets the world pass him by. So fast forward the 16 years. Um... She's opening restaurants up all over the U.S. Her next one happens to be, like you said, in her hometown, San Fran, where Marcus still lives. So before she heads to San Francisco, though, um, her douchey-ass boyfriend, Brandon, breaks up with her, saying that he wants to postpone the wedding because they are, in fact, engaged. And so he can go to India for six months and while there, see other people. So in turn, they just really break up. He says that they would be apart, but together. And then does this weird hand motion. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we see this scene through the lens of Sasha telling it to Veronica that yeah. Brandon is, well, that, that Brandon is what you said, we're apart but together. <laughs> yeah. And Veronica's like, 
oh, you got broken up with. <laughs> like, what What are you talking about? Have you ever worked in the food service industry? No, I haven't. I found it funny how, this is classic, how Sasha is like, yeah, I'm just going to check inventory. And then she goes into the cooler and cries. Like, if you're working in a restaurant and you're like, hey, Brittany's been in the deep freezer for a while. You're like, <laughs> oh, Brittany's crying. That's Aww. just like generally regarded as the way you, th- that's the place you have a mental breakdown. Really? Like, maybe you've got a horrible table. Maybe the chef was mean to you. If you just need to have a quick weep, oh. you, you, you head into a cooler or something. Okay, yeah. so you're not frozen in there. You're just crying in there. You're not looking for anything in the freezer. You're okay. just crying. Yeah, we don't actually keep things in the freezer. We just, just <laughs> there's a just, chair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> facing the corner, <laughs> and you sit there and cry. And then, and then there's a box of tissues, and that's all it is. <laughs> so Veronica, who's Sasha's best friend, also from their childhood, um, ends up heading to San Fran with with Sasha to help her open the new restaurant because um, she works with her. Veronica hires Marcus. Um, little to Sasha's knowledge, and his dad to come and install the new AC unit. Dun, dun, dun. They are in the same room for the first time in 16 years. The most monumentally awkward conversation takes place. Oh my God, yes. So Marcus's dad is the best in this movie. He is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> oh, I love so him. so lovely. Oh, yeah. he's just so sweet. When he sees Sasha, he comes right out and says, Sasha Trash! Mr. Kim! You're like our own Asian Oprah. How much money do you have now? Be <laughs> <He's> serious. <laughs> He actually (laughs) wants to know. Um, Tells her that she needs to invest her money in lettuce because Kale can't hold on forever. That's so funny. I love that line. I think that is one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. I think that's back to the relatable thing where a lot of the parents in this movie are a little bit eccentric. But like Mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, parents like that. Like my stepdad is kind of like he's one of those guys who's like everybody's getting into electric cars. But like, you know. They made cars that can run on water. You should keep an eye out for them. Like, he's oh, also okay. <laughs> he's also a really big fan of Lee Valley. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I thought that interaction between Sasha and Marcus so accurate. Oh, definitely. When you haven't seen somebody from high school yeah. in like 10, 15, in their case, 16 years. Yeah. I know like even you and I walking through like a hardware store and you see somebody and you're like, oh, I knew him from elementary school. I'm like, first of all, how do you remember him from elementary school? That's ridiculous. I'm really good with names and faces. (laughs) But then it's like the, oh, how you been? Like, what are you up to? Oh, I'm just doing, I'm I'm living. Yeah, it's an awkward conversation. (laughs) They nailed the uncomfortableness, uncomfortability. It was weirdly substituted with odd facts about things. So (laughs) Marcus's dad then asks her how old her, uh, how old Sasha's fiance is. And she replies, he's a very young 50, shops at Under Armour and has 57,000, and has 57,000 followers on Instagram. Like, (laughs) Do you tell people these these pieces of information like on a just to justify frequent basis? Old man. Yeah, yeah. Like I just feel like I feel like it just kind of like splurted out of her mouth, and it just all of these weird facts about him to make him seem young and successful. But it's great because it it breaks up how uncomfortable the scene is. Yes. with a little bit of comedy here and that. Like like Marx's dad was really the the lubricant of that big of that time, moment. Big time. Hello, peril. Oh, Marcus's band. Yes. I love Hello Peril. Me too. Okay. They're actually really good. I think they're my honorable mention. I Ooh, can't remember. Ooh, okay, did, okay. Yeah. Um, so they were around when Sasha and Marcus were friends like all those years ago, 16 years ago, and they're still going strong today. The band. Still going. I enjoyed it throughout the movie. Um, 
So I don't know if you you recognize this, but Sasha goes to one of their shows and shows up looking exactly like Spinelli from the show Recess. Oh, yes. Wow. Because she has the toque on, right? Please tell me you agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 I see that. Uh, Hello, Peril. They come up a lot. And it's nice because the music doesn't suck. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it is. And then, but but one thing, and this happens later on, but I want to touch on it now. So they are Marcus's band, and they have... Hello, my name is Marcus. They talk a lot about merch, and let's get some merch sales going on. And they end up making Hello Peril tennis balls as their merch. (laughs) It's kind of inexplicable. Is that the worst band merchandise ever? And before you start, I got to tell you a story about this band, Pup. Oh, yeah, Pup. I like Pup. Pretty big grunge punk uh, band scene in Canada. But here's the thing. I saw them years ago. There's this band called Topanga that was opening for a band that I actually wanted to see. (laughs) And they were pretty good. They had these t-shirts of Topanga from Boy Meets World. I think it was like her face on like Godzilla's body. And I thought, well, this is is the special kind of ridiculous and stupid that I need to own this (laughs) t-shirt. And and then years later, I heard this band pop. I'm like, shit, I feel like I know those guys. I don't really know exactly what happened, but apparently there was a, a copyright problem with putting Topanga's face on some merchandise, and they had to Fair rename enough. themselves to Pup. And the worst thing is that I actually lost that shirt. I don't know where oh, it is. Oh, no, you... Oh. I feel like it would be really cool to hold on to that That later. would be a very cool piece to hold on to, because I think that's... I, I think you should recreate that t-shirt somehow. Yeah, may, may, you know what? If anybody knows who I'm talking about, please find even just a picture of this Topanga shirt. That would be really cool. Yeah. But that... I think that goes down as both worst and best band merchandise, you know? Do you have a good piece? So I I love band t-shirts. Usually when I go to a concert that I, like if I love the band, I'll get some merch. Um, usually a t-shirt because I can just throw it on with a pair of jeans and, and it works. Um, especially because band t-shirts are really in right now anyway. But a few years ago I saw um, Bruno Mars and it was a really good show. Like he puts on a phenomenal show. But for some reason, I bought a T-shirt. Like I'll I'll go get it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Show us. Okay. So here it is. Oh wow! So he's seductively touching his face. Yes, with his sunglasses. It's it's mostly Bruno Mars touching his face with some animals. There's some cheetahs, a gorilla because he has the song gorilla. There, there are some parrots. Yeah. Moonshine Jungle Tour. Yeah. And then if I turn it back, it has all we of the have tour dates. The tour dates. And Bruno Mars, big Bruno Mars. Jungle. It is very Tiger King esque. I know this it was is. years before Tiger King came out, but it's got some Tiger King vibes. I right? like I like the front. I think it's the back I would change. Yeah, the the front is very uh busy, but I think you want that in some yeah. t shirts. But yeah, otherwise that's pretty much like otherwise I love my band t shirt. I just love the seductively touching your own face. Like, ah. <laughs> oh. Oh man, that shot's good. Put we'll, that on. We'll, put that on a T-shirt. We'll post a picture of it and see whether you guys like it or not. Yeah. So after the Hello Peril show, um, Sasha gets to meet Jenny, who is in fact Marcus's girlfriend. Um, who, from the vibes we get from his bandmates, no one really likes her. Yeah, nobody likes her. Um, Jenny's starstruck because she's meeting Sasha and invites her, Sasha over so that Jenny can make her food. She accepts and says she wouldn't miss it. 
Um, and Jenny makes her specialty, I would say. Like, I feel like that's like you would make your specialty dish if you had a famous chef coming over. Like, I, I know I would. I, I would make I wouldn't make my specialty, but I, I would make the one thing that I can't miss. Like, I know. Uh, OK, yeah. I know like fillets on the barbecue. I'm never going to get that wrong. So I'm going to I'm going to make the thing that I can the one thing I can nail. And so maybe that's what Jenny did, because she made sausages <laughs> and pasta and it looks like hot dogs and craft dinner. I, I think it is hot dogs and like. Spaghetti? Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's spaghetti. For me, it looks like hot dogs and KD, but good good effort. A for effort, I think, is what I'm gonna Not give it here. even. It's pasta where you boil that shit. You probably have pre-made sauce and you put some hot okay, dogs in some boiling water. So a C minus. C minus. C minus. Jenny's kind of a, a complete moron and she's a hilarious <laughs> addition to the movie, but like, yeah, everything she does, I'm just like, ah, friggin' Jenny, you know? Yeah, she and adds, that's her role. But. Yes, she adds some good humor to the movie. Yeah. I think very eccentric character, which is so opposite of Marcus, which was interesting. After dinner, Marcus offers to drive her home that night, and it turns out that he still has the same Parmesan-smelling car, which probably doesn't smell like. Parmesan I was going to say, anymore. I don't know if it still smells like Parmesan. Um, but now the car is even in worse shape. It's horrible. It can barely run. Why were you looking in my back seat? I wasn't. I was just a. Uh, my chiropractor says I got to no. Turn, look in the back seat. Yeah, because we had sex back there. Oh my god! Well, that's why you're looking back there. I'm just calling you out on it. So, what do you think? Seen it after all these years. That it might be even smaller and grosser than I remember. Hey, you better still be talking about my back <laughs> you know seat. What? I appreciate that though. Like, how many? I think we've all had one of those that that crappy high school whip. Yeah. And he just kept it around. Like, what, what was your crappy high school car? Um, We had a Dodge Neon. Ooh. Yeah. They definitely don't make the Neon anymore. No, they don't make the no. Neon anymore. No. I had a, a Chevrolet Cavalier. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. It was silver. Oh, mine was green. Deep My, forest green. Considering the amount of punishment I put it through, <laughs> it, it hung on for a while. Good, good job, Cavalier. Yes, we drove it in. We drove the neon into the ground, my brother and I. Um, I remember taking it to the body shop and the guy saying, "Yeah, so the axle that's holding in the um, the motor <laughs> is rotting, and Ooh. so while you're driving, it could just fall out." And of course, me not knowing anything about cars, I looked at him and I was like, "Will it blow up?" <laughs> and he's like, he looks at me, and he's like, "No, no. you're just gonna stop driving." It's and I'm like, stop "Oh." Oh, okay. Oh my god! And it kind of like made adorable. it all better. <laughs> I um I cracked the suspension on the Cavalier, not because the Cavalier was a bad car, but because one time coming home from a friend's cottage, we were on like this this really tiny dirt road that you get often in cottages, and there's like a nice little lip. Oh god! But there's a high point before the lip, and there's a high point after the lip, so I could see that there were no cars coming. You're the worst. So I thought, hey, you know what? If I pin this, I bet I could get air, and it was kind of just like a. You know, that's probably not going to happen. It's going to be fine. Oh, man, I got air in the Cavalier. And a lot. one thing that they don't tell you is that the front half is so much heavier than the back half. Oh. So literally, I went up, and the nose just went straight down, slammed into the ground. Oh. And like a month later, I had to bring it into the shop. Oh, uh, yeah. And my mom's like, why is the suspension bro? Man, these Chevrolets, they don't make them right. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. That's what it is, Mom. <laughs> it's totally the car's fault. No idea how that happened. So they end up kind of hitting it off again, though, and becoming, I think, friends after this point. Tasha like, and Marcus. I think there's yeah. a rekindling happening. There is. Okay, so back to Marcus's dad, because I love this man. He's the cutest, and I love that he meets his new girlfriend at Sasha's cousin's birthday party. Yes. She is a Diana Ross impersonator. 
She literally, I don't think, has many lines in the movie. It's just kind of there sometimes. I think she says twice, I'm a Diana Ross impersonator, but my real name is blank. Yeah. She says it once to his dad (laughs) and then once to Marcus. (laughs) And that's all she does. I think that's really what her, yeah. She doesn't have too many lines, but it's really cute. Um, So speaking about the birthday party, though. Her outburst on the phone to Brandon. Oh, Sasha's outburst, yes. Yes, yelling at him over the phone and everyone can hear from the birthday party. I even finally children. realized that I don't want to get married. Are you kidding me? You're a piece of shit. I can tell you're a little... I hope you get malaria and shit yourself to death, you shitty piece of shit. A little softer, please. You are scared. I think when she initially walks into the birthday party, though, she's surprised at how attentive her parents are and the fact that they actually took the time to throw this little boy a birthday party. I think we, we see an interesting duality in this movie. You know, when when we left the house and we come back, our parents seem to think that we're the exact same person. You know, I remember being gone for years, my mom being like, do you need to do your laundry? I'm like, mom, I, I do laundry at home but i think the same thing happens with us and our parents like we don't think that they can still grow and it's an interesting moment with sasha and her parents throughout the movie where like they actually are becoming more attentive they don't need to be at the store anymore and that culminates at the end of the movie where they have this really you know a heartwarming chat but but this is the start of that conversation of yeah yeah like we we actually want to be around now i know mm-hmm. we weren't around before but we want to now yeah and i think for sasha like, I think she wished that her parents had been there for her while she was growing up and sharing in her successes along the way of instead of being busy. And I think it's it's referenced and woven in throughout the movie, this, this struggle of accepting that her parents actually do want to support her and the change that they've made and realizing and being okay with the fact that they weren't there when yeah. she needed them the most. And, and she has some outbursts to Marcus throughout the movie where, where she's like, you know, I can have a baby... And it only have one parent because I had no I parents. Had no parents. Yeah. I thought it was funny when they were chatting about dating Marcus and Sasha and the dating apps that are out there. And Marcus says he's heard of one where the guy can't message the girl until he sends her a gift card. That's amazing. Now that is a dating site I can get on board with. Not that <laughs> oh, really? I need not that I need to use them <laughs> I was anymore. Say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they have an awkward conversation and she decides she says, you know what, I gotta go because Marcus is like, Well, what do you mean? Like you did have parents. And she kind of pieces out, says she has a rap party the next day where she meets her future boyfriend. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I think they meet up at a market. And yes, Sasha convinces Marcus to go on a double date. So Marcus, Jenny, Sasha and her new beau. <laughs> they meet up. The, the thing that's interesting about that moment is that Marcus was going there to tell her, hey, like, I think yes. I have feelings for you. And she's like, surprise, I met a guy and we had amazing sex. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. oh, my God. And Marcus okay. is like, oh, well, I guess I'm not telling you anymore that I like you. Oh, man. And then we get the Keanu. The, the entrance scene alone oh is my, my best scene. Everything yes. about Keanu in this movie is fantastic. I think my favorite part of when they're all at the restaurant, he walks in, which is like such an entrance. But I love that she got up and caught their reactions on camera. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll jump into my best scene right now. So it's Keanu walking in, like we're talking about, to the restaurant. It's not even the whole them sitting down <laughs> and, you know, the minutia of that conversation because there is some... Uh, hilarious moments there, but but it's the walk. So Sasha says, oh, here he comes. And then AWOL Nation's sail slowly <laughs> creeps in. And and it's funny because you see Marcus and Jenny react, and they're reacting in slow motion. Yeah. And Keanu is moving 
in slow motion, exactly the way I would imagine Keanu would walk into a restaurant in L.A. because he's walking out like, oh, my God, and he sees so-and-so. He's and waving. Their hand, waves to so It's like he knows every single person in the building. But like you talked about, when the camera cuts back to Sasha, yeah. it's real time. And she's taking a picture of them reacting. And when it goes back to Keanu, it's still in slow motion. And I don't know if this was by design, but it kind of creates this sense that Keanu is living in his own world. Oh, he has his own bubble. For he sure. is in a world of slow motion where Keanu Reeves is the camera's always on Keanu Reeves. And I thought that was it, it was so interesting the way it was done. And it was so comedic. And that carries you into the entire dinner sequence, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. The, the dining experience that entire scene is something else. Um, so Sasha told Marcus to dress in nice clothes, which the only ones he had were from his senior prom. Good God, go shopping. Yeah, I know. You know, he really is living in, 16 in, years. In the yeah. Past. And it's sometimes it's sad to watch. You know, he realizes when he gets there that it's no longer formal wear like like nice clothes aren't a suit. It's relaxed T-shirts and holes in them that cost a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, have you been to a restaurant that was so fancy you didn't know what you were eating? Um, I mean, when we've been to Europe, there were a few moments where I'm like, I don't know what any, I don't speak Croatian. I can't read it. I'm just gonna, I, I think I know what that is. So I'm gonna order that. You know, like there's never been, no, there's never been a moment where I genuinely didn't. There were a few times, no, there were like, it was quite frequent, I think, when I was <laughs> um, traveling through China, um, where I didn't know what I was eating. Keanu Reeves asks for a dining experience and the guy says that you can listen to, I think it's what, is it caribou or? Um, I think it's a cow. So, so Keanu asks, I would like a dish that plays with time, yes. both the concept and in a literal sense. Oh, I'm really happy. And the guy that. says, yeah, you know what? We actually have audio oh where you can listen to the moment when the animal you are eating is dying. Yeah, that's not something I would ever, <laughs> ever want in to happen. To happen. Yeah, like that is not something that I want to happen. <laughs> ever. And I thought that was really funny because like Keanu is wearing the headphones. He's listening to this animal dying and he's kind of crying oh and he's drinking God, his wine. Yeah. Then he puts the wine down and he's just straight faced eating the steak again. And I think it points to the fact that his character is maybe a little bit disingenuous. That he puts on this facade of Keanu Reeves. Maybe disconnected? <laughs> Maybe both, yeah. It's God. it's interesting. Keanu, I wonder what his acting direction was. I wonder how they convinced him to do this movie. Well, I, I remember th seeing a thing with Ali Wong, how they wrote this character, and they, they wrote it specifically for him. They're like, it's Keanu or bust. Yes. Like, we need this guy to yeah, do she, this role. Yeah, she loves him. Like yeah. she, he, well, Who doesn't like, love Keanu wondering. Reeves? Yeah, yeah. So after the dining experience, um, they head back to Keanu Reeves' penthouse to play board games. They don't actually play board games. Instead, they play some other game, and I can't remember what it's called. But Keanu Reeves is intense about it. He ends up wanting to kill Marcus, hypothetically, of course, and then smashing a vase on his head and getting real intense with Marcus. Like, I think he eggs on Marcus to punch him in the face. Yeah. He punches him in the face. Well, he's being like subtly rude to Marcus and a little bit um, pretentious to him that nobody else is really seeing except for Marcus and a little bit Sasha. A little Sasha pretentious? sees it a little bit. <laughs> Very like. pretentious. But it's pretentious in such a way that it's it's Keanu and he has such um, I guess like a flowery way of speaking that you yes. don't really connect that it's like oh he's being rude. Yeah. But I don't think he meant to be rude. 
but maybe he did mean to be rude. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love the suit. Classic. Thank you, thank you. It's my uh, old tux from prom. <laughs> That's great. I dropped out of high school, went to work, followed my dream. Yeah, it really makes you think. Yeah. I mean, Sasha ends up getting real pissed at Keanu, and Marcus wants to leave. So um, he says that he's Keanu's going to order them an Uber. Um, Jenny ditches Marcus and says that she's staying in the penthouse. So that is an instant breakup right there. I don't know how I'm going to ask this question. Maybe I'm just going to blurt it out. If you That's how you usually ask a question. <laughs> just like you say it. <laughs> I think about how I should say it, and I say, nah, screw that. I'm just going to say it the way I want to say it. Like, if you were Jenny, yeah. and you were dating somebody, mm-hmm. you're not married to the person, you're just dating them, and you have an opportunity to bang at Keanu Reeves, <laughs> do you pull a Jenny and you say, you know what, I'm going to hang out here for a minute, see what happens? I think they're only dating for like six months, and I mean, really, you can tell it's just not going to work. You can e- you can already even say that Listen Marcus, to her justifying Marcus this behavior is is going to uh, probably break up with her. And I mean, I don't know if she's reading the tea leaves or not, but um, wow, okay, politician Sarah is back. The thought would cross my mind. Oh my god, <laughs> would it cross yours if it were like if it was Keanu? No, if it was like I'm, Emma Stone. If it was Emma Stone, we're only dating for six months. Sure, yeah, the opportunity is there. Yeah. That's kind of why I would I would I would really consider it. I know? love how I I just blurted it out, of course. But you're like, well, you know, <laughs> who's reading the tea leaves here, guys? Like, what's happening with this relationship? Who's who's driving? You got to consider you know? all angles <laughs> before making that big decision, because you can't go back. You can't go back. Oh, you know she's staying. You are too funny. <laughs> Oh my god. Sarah's got like a pros cons column. She's like, I don't know, guys. This guy's got a lot I, of money. Should I stay or should I go, yeah. you know? It really comes into play. Oh my god. Okay, so they end up getting in the Uber, Marcus and Sasha, because we left Jenny behind. They end up fighting and then making out. The camera pans out to show that they are in fact in an Uber pool. Yeah, there are more people in that vehicle. There are other people in the car waiting to be dropped off at their destination with their weekly groceries. The little things, the little scenes in this movie, they're really the best scenes. At this point in the movie, Marcus and Sasha are dating, doing everything together, going everywhere, uh, the whole thing. So Sasha convinces Marcus to go to one of her galas that she needs to attend. He, of course, thinking formal clothes are out, ends up wearing a t-shirt and jeans, in which he can't get in and ends up having to lost and found a suit jacket that is 10 times too big for him because the guy, I believe, probably had a heart attack. Sasha does the red carpet thing and gets him to hold her purse while she walks the red carpet and Marcus stands to the side. She then says that she's there with her new boyfriend, who is just a regular guy. Yeah. That would hurt. She thinks it's a compliment that he's not involved in the shenanigans of L.A. and Hollywood. But yeah, it would, without context, without that context, it would hurt. Yeah. And so I think a big theme for this movie um, that I found is change. Sasha enjoys and embraces the changes in her life, moves to a new city every few months, opening opening new restaurants, um, is open to trying new things like food, lifestyles, while Marcus is so opposed to change. He's never left home, has the same suit from his senior prom, has the same childhood bedroom, thinks he needs to be there to take care of his father, won't let his band play anywhere else except the block in, in their neighborhood, 
won't even consider moving anywhere else. Like you can, you can really see how, how different they are. Um, and, and that they're both kind of stuck in their ways in terms of like Sasha's so ready for, to embrace new things. And he is so, so stagnant. And I think, and, and the catalyst here is that his, his mother passes away. So he probably thinks if nothing changes, then I won't be hurt again. Yeah, and I think for me anyway, throughout the movie, I find Marcus kind of a bit of a crybaby. Oh yeah, he's whiny. He's a grown man acting like a teenager, you know? Like he, he's whiny, but it's not enough that I don't love his character still. Exactly. There's just some some scenes and and some sometimes throughout the movie where I'm just like, "Oh, dude, grow up." Like Yeah. Like let's move forward here. Like you're a grown ass man. Yeah, I I think we we've watched a lot of movies recently where the female love interest is kind of the a-hole in the movie and they have the redemption arc. Like I think about The Proposal, Runaway Bride, My Best Friend's Wedding. Mm -hmm. I just realized those are either Julia Roberts roles (laughs) or roles that were meant for Julia Roberts. Notting Hill, she's even the jerk in that one. Um, so She's it's a really kind of, good jerk. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> maybe that's a testament to Julia Roberts that we love her regardless of how mean she is to, to people. But it was a little bit different that it's like, here's here's a male character who is going to go through this arc of... Does it go back to, is it easier to... Is it easier for a female character to be redeemed than a male character? Interesting. That is a good question. Regardless, um, I think the point, again, like you said, the point is for redemption at the end. And and you can see it throughout the movie. Okay, he's a crybaby. He's a little bit childish. You know, we know that he's going to grow. Otherwise, the ending would not be happy. Yeah, if he just stays in his dad's house, you're going to be like, oh, well, this is a horrible payoff. <laughs> I am happy, though, that they didn't make Sasha give up things to be with him yeah and you I, know her career or her ambition or her you know aspirations to be with him the thing that i like about sasha is that she she wasn't completely asking marcus to do the same like remember yes. when she's like yeah i'm going to new york will you come with me he's like oh we got this we got a gig we got a gig opportunity at, at this southeast yeah, yeah at southeast and she doesn't say, well, screw that. You're living with me now. You're going to have all the money you need. She's like, okay, well, then in three weeks, you can join me in New York. That's awesome. You know, she's not she's not really asking him to give up anything, yeah. which I appreciate because yeah. normally it, it's the opposite. It is. It is. And I like, and I did like that piece that she didn't ask him to give up anything. And he wasn't um, asking her to he, give up anything. Yeah, 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 exactly. They were kind of at a standstill. So, like you just said, Sasha asks him to come to New York with her and... She says that she loves him. He says he can't go and they break up. Sasha is the realist in that moment. That speech she gives to Marcus, she says, I love you. I don't need you to live my life, but I need you to understand it. I want to be with you. I want to come home to you even when you're being an asshole. I love what that. What a genuine, I'm almost I know, I was just about to say you oh are. Oh my God. We're, you know, <laughs> we're going to do a new thing on the pod. It's called uh, the Devin Weep Warning. I realize that um, I cry a lot in <laughs> movies, m- much more than Sarah does. So I can only assume if you wear your emotions on your sleeve the way I do, maybe, maybe I can help you with some Devin Weep Warnings. Hey, maybe you're going to cry here because this is a moment I cried. Or maybe we can share in the moment that, hey... Devin and I both cried in this moment. And that's your first Devin Weep warning. I'm even tearing up again just thinking. It it wasn't really like a glamorous rom-com line, I thought. Like, it wasn't... No. It wasn't overly quotable. But that's the thing about this movie is that it's it's real. Like, I, I could hear a real person 
saying that line. You know, it's not the I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Because that's, it's a Julia Roberts line. And it's, a, it's an amazing it's line. Classic. But it's, it's a classic line, but it's kind of like a movie line. Whereas what Sasha's saying is like, that's real. That's genuine. That's, that's an honest thing to say to somebody. As Devin wipes his tears away from his face. God, don't judge me. Okay, so near the end of the movie, um, she's heading to an awards gala in which she is, in fact, the the award winner. She's getting an award. Her parents show up. Uh, they bought a plane ticket and everything all to be there to support her. I thought this moment was really sweet. It's kind of how they've all come together at the end. You know, Sasha realized that her parents actually do want to be there to support her. And her parents, to show that they really, really want to support her... They went to her restaurant in San Fran and paid full price, which I think is to Sasha. That is really, truly showing her that they do, in fact, care about her. And that they, they want to support they her. They do. Yeah. Yes. And that was it was a cool way of showing like I, I found it was a creative way to show that they cared instead of just like, you know, showing up and clapping at her performance or, or clapping at her awards gala. Like it was a really neat, creative way to show that they, they did, in fact, support her. Okay, so can we can we get to the lead up to the grand gesture and then the grand gesture itself? The Tom Ford scene killed me. Okay. I'm flying to New York in the morning, and my friend Keanu Reeves recommended you guys. Have you heard of Keanu Reeves? Do you know Keanu Reeves? I punched him in the face. <laughs> I want to get a suit from here. Yeah, and then he's wearing the suit, and he realizes it's like a $12,000 suit. Spits out a champagne that he demanded. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so then he heads to suits and stuff and gets a suit jacket and five pairs of pants for $219. Hey. Score. The shop associate was like oh it's great for court dates it's great for funerals it's great yeah, for bar mitzvahs or bar something mitzvahs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slightly different uh award ceremony i'm going to mm-hmm. not a high school graduation um okay so the grand gesture though he meets up with her and on the red carpet pours his heart out it's not a classic line or it's not something you know you'd remember for the test of time but it was still really sweet that that's another Devin weep warning. Weep. I, I had like a half weep there. Like maybe a singular tear came down. I, I got a little misty. Um and like you said, and much like Sasha's speech, it wasn't it's not memorable. In fact, I, I don't really remember exactly what he says. But once again, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot. It was really sweet. And then we have a full weep warning for uh A duel. A duel weep warning, because I also cried. Oh my god. Yeah. For the um the scene at the end, are you gonna chat about that in your? Yeah, it's my best scene. Oh my god, the way this movie wraps wraps this up with a bow. It is is very is cute. really really nice with the restaurant in New York. We'll get to that in a sec. First, yeah, quick facts. Quick facts. So it was inspired by another famous rom com. It was a contemporary homage to. Can you guess? Ah, uh, no idea. When Harry Met Sally. Oh, my God. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. The movie also takes cues from other famous rom-coms, such as Bridget Jones' Diary and Notting Hill. I definitely got the Notting Hill vibes. Yeah, me too. Because she's like a big star, and he's... uh, Not that Hugh Grant in that movie was... Well, no, he was... He had a travel book store (laughs) in the 90s. He wasn't going to last very much longer. No, (laughs) we could see it. (laughs) The movie's name, Always Be My Maybe, was inspired from the music industry. Mariah Carey's hit, Always Be My Baby, song was repurposed for the movie to be Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. Randall Park and Ali Wong have known each other for a really long time. In the movie, they play childhood best friends who reconnect after a long time. Both Randall and Ali actually met in college at UCLA. 
Randall created an acting troupe called LLC Theater Company, and Ali Wong was a member. When it came to this movie, they both decided that they would write and star in it together. That's awesome. Sasha and Marcus played, again, childhood friends, who are about the same age. In real life, Randall Park is eight years older than Ali Wong. Always Be My Maybe was a joint effort between Ali Wong and Randall Park. However, the idea itself came from Randall. They co-wrote and co-starred in the film, but Park was the one that called up Wong and asked if she wanted to write a rom-com together. Wong thought that he was asking her to write a rom-com with him um, that would star somebody else. But according to a joint interview in Glamour, um, he happily meant for them to star in the rom-com together. Oh, that's adorable. Ali Wong grew up in the Bay Area, and that inspiration clearly bled into its characters. Viewers of the movie fell in love with the cast and were enamored with the romantic feels of the San Francisco setting. However, they actually only shot in the area for seven days, and the rest of the production took place in Vancouver. Did Keanu Reeves steal the show? All right, let's play a game. What is the single most memorable moment in this movie? Oh, when he walks in. It's Keanu Reeves walking in. Yeah. So I would say, yes, he did steal the show. <laughs> Not to take away from Randall Park and Ali Wong. You guys were amazing. But yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So while filming John Wick 3, Keanu Reeves was able to join the set for Always Be My Maybe. He helped create his entire character, and it's been reported that he improvised a lot of his lines, including... I miss your light. I miss your soul. <laughs> and I don't have a problem, Sasha. What's your problem? Along with the karate gestures. Right. Oh my God, he's so funny. He had been involved since the beginning of the film. Um, and he met with Ali Wong and the director before signing on, and he loved the silly characterizations. They even revised the script to add some of his ideas to the character, along, like I said, with his improvised lines. It was Keanu's idea to wear the lensless glasses, and it was his idea to list all of the Chinese dignitaries in the game night scene. Um, a little background for Keanu Reeves. Uh, he has Chinese and Hawaiian ancestry on his paternal side. And here in Canada, he grew up in Toronto, and he had done, uh, if you YouTube like Keanu Reeves CBC, he uh, that's kind of like our, yes. our in, in uh, the UK, they've got the BBC in Canada, we've got CBC which is our public broadcaster. He has like this really funny current affairs show when he was, I can only assume, like an early 20-something. It's hilarious. It is. It's really good. I forgot about that. Yeah. When Sasha, Keanu, Jenny, and Marcus are on the double date together, the restaurant is actually San Francisco's contemporary Jewish museum. I actually have another strange Keanu uh, quick fact. Oh. He was recently in this video game called Cyberpunk 2077 where okay. they used his exact likeness. Yes. Um, so they, they motion captured his entire body. And you know how people can go into games in like the back end of the code and they can like mod things? Yeah. So in this game, you happen to be able to have um, relations. Like your character can have sex with another character in the game. Oh goodness! You can't you can't do it with Keanu, but some people modded it so oh they found God. his likeness in the game. They modded him into those scenes so that your character could have sex with Keanu. That's a lot. And it got to the point where the creators of the game had to step up and be like, "Listen, guys, <laughs> like we actually don't really care when you mod stuff, but like this is this is a real human being. Yeah, it's not a character that we created. It's not some make believe guy. It's Keanu." Reeves. Yeah. We motion captured his body. Weird. So please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. And I mean, I'm sure people will still do it, but. Oh, I'm sure that's not going to stop them. But like, it is really strange in that like, it's not just like a face that they made like computer generated. It's it's Keanu's face that you are <clears throat> doing that with that's in a crazy. video game. It's really weird. <laughs> they had a food consultant on set. In the Los Angeles Times interview, it was revealed that the production team brought a real chef on set to consult on the food. 
real-life celebrity chef Nikki Nakayama served as the inspiration for the character Sasha. She even made some of the items for the 1,600-a-person menu in the movie, including the asparagus soup, venison, and the all-black dish. The band in the movie Hello Peril's name has historic meaning. According to an interview with Pitchfork, Park shared that it comes from the term yellow peril. The phrase stems from a misplaced Western fear that Asia was taking over in the 1800s. He reclaimed the term for the band as he decided it would be Asian American and that his character would be knowledgeable about the history. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Randall Park wrote all of those kick-ass songs. Okay, the songs were genuinely great, and I was I was worried. I'm like, I hope they just didn't grab this from another band. They're like, all right, Randall, go voice that. So he wrote all of it. Yes. It's great. So in the 90s, he actually had a real hip-hop band, which was the influence for Hello Peril. He co-wrote the numbers with Dan the Automator. Uh, therefore, fans have Park to thank for the I Punched Keanu Reeves. It gets better. Ali Wong used to attend his band shows back in the day. So it's actually exactly like yeah. Always Be My Baby. Oh it my is. God, that's yeah. adorable. I know. It's really cool. Best scene is Judy's Way. So this is the restaurant that Sasha decides to open up in New York. It oh, is God. all of Judy, who's Marcus's mom's, recipes. And this is really, you know, the authentic food relationship that Sasha wants to have with it, with food. It's a Devin Weep warning. I, I cried. I also cried. Oh my God, it it's is, so sweet. And I've seen this movie a bunch of times and every single time it just gets me because it is so touching and it's so nice that Sasha honors Marcus's mom this way because she was the one that taught Sasha how to cook and ultimately she became a famous chef for it. There, there's a lot of love in that scene. There's, there's a lot of love in this movie, not just between Marcus and Sasha, but like we, we get into a lot of family dynamics, like Sasha and her parents, Sasha and Marcus's parents. And what a cool vibe! I kind of want. I wish that was like a real restaurant because I would go to it. Honorable mentions. I mean, that quick fact makes me feel so good because the Hello Peril songs, those alone, are my honorable mentions. I think when you when you do a rom-com and you have like a, ooh, like one of the characters is going to be in a band, oftentimes I'm like, oh God, is this going to suck? <laughs> is it going to... Is it going to be comedically bad and it's funny? Like the wedding singer or like, what's the vibe going to be? And whoa, when whoa, they... whoa, whoa, whoa. The wedding singer is bad? No, no. Hold like, on. Okay. Adam Sandler is good. That other guy oh, is my God. horrible. <laughs> Do you really <laughs> want to hurt me? He only knows the Woo! one song. <laughs> That's great. And okay, hold on. You remember that song that he does about being broken up with? Yeah, I love it. Oh, somebody kill me, please. Yeah, but it's like, it it's good, but it's bad, but that makes it funny. I was just about to say, it's so good that that's what you remember, though, right? That 100%. Like, yeah. Um, but this movie, I'm like, oh, like, they're going to do, he, he's going to have a band, and it's going to be a good band? Yeah. Ooh, I worry about that. It actually genuinely was pretty good. Like, a few of the songs, I'm like, oh, wow, that, this is good. And I love that they were original. They weren't like a cover, we're a cover band. And I, I would just been like, oh. I, I punched Keanu Reeves. <gasps> Good. Plays during the credits, so yeah. if, you, if you're watching this, wait until the credits really, you know, roll through, and you're going to get that song. It's great. The song Tennis Ball is really good, too. I'm tennis- a tennis ball. Oh, really? I, I thought that one was okay. I, I like the, the Hello Peril, like them, oh, their intro song. That sure. one's fun, too. Yeah. Hello, my name is Marcus. Oh, my name is Marcus. 
Um, so my honorable mention is uh, Veronica, who's played by Michelle Buteau. Yeah. She is flipping hilarious. Like, She's great. I love her in this movie. I love her in all of the stuff she does. Um, she has a few books. She's a comedian. Oh, I didn't even know she had books. Yeah. Uh, she makes this joke in the in the movie, and she says, I'm standing here like a fat Meghan Markle. <laughs> Okay, because she's pregnant, yeah. Because she's pregnant, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you do look like Meghan Markle. Like, I mean, I don't think she's fat, but she is pregnant. If she, she, yeah, if she makes that joke, you're like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, she just her lines are so well done in this movie. Her and her delivery. I think it's the lines and then the delivery. What should have been? My what should have been is that Keanu Reeves should have ended up with peak lingo from Crazy Rich Asians. She is used to the fancy, over-the-top lifestyle of Singapore and would go along with his craziness but not take his shit all at the same time. That's uh, that's Aquafina in Crazy it Rich Asians. It is okay. Aquafina in Crazy Rich Asians. I actually haven't watched that movie, but I've only seen a few scenes. And yeah, I, I remember that Aquafina yeah. is hilarious oh, in it. Oh, she's so good in it. And I think just like the, the eccentric, over-the-topness of Keanu Reeves in this movie, because he plays himself would be would be a great match. And we actually have Crazy Rich Asians on the way March 9th. Yes, we do. That's on the list. Thirst Factor? Randall Park. Oh, he's he's really good looking. He has a smile. Oh, yes, it lights up a room kind of like Julia Roberts. Oh my god, his smile lights absolutely. That was his yeah, that that's kind of the thing I think about with I'd Randall Park when he's smiling in this movie. I'm like, "Oh god, he's adorable." I would say he's an 8. Eight, okay. Yeah. I can live with that. And I actually think Ali Wong's probably an eight as well. She is so funny. Yeah. And she she is really pretty. Rewatchability. 8.7. I'm going to give it a nine. Wow. Yeah, it's it's so close to being in that upper echelon of like, you know, the How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or the Notting Hills. It It's really close to that. So I'm going to give it a nine. Like, it, it's a great rewatch. I've now seen it twice. Yeah, I think I've seen it three or four times yeah watching it a third or fourth time maybe you know a few months a few years down the road totally down it's a great movie and i think the comedy like the story is really really strong but the comedy kind of keeps it fresh in that there are a lot of small little quips between the first time and the second time watching it i didn't catch a few of the jokes mm. i kind of appreciated them more the second time yeah i agree it, it does it does get better every time you watch it i do love it and this has been the rom-com rewind of always be my maybe if you are listening to us on Spotify, make sure you subscribe so you're updated on new episodes. Apple Podcasts, please give us a follow. I think I mixed those up. You follow on Spotify, you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Correct. Regardless, you can also leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts for us. We love to read those. And on Instagram, at Romcom Rewind, that's where we have a lot of conversations about what's coming up, what we're talking about, what we're doing, and we love to hear your opinions. Thanks for listening.